and we are back with Butter With That, a movies podcast where several friends from Philadelphia come together to talk about movies that we've seen, movies that we like, talk about some fun hypothetical questions that we throw each other's way. My name is Connor, and uh, since this is the first um, episode in December, we have a new theme for this month. Woo! Yeah. Uh, and the theme for this month is cold movies. <laughs> <laughs> Movies that uh, make us feel cold on the inside. Movies that take place in snow or cold months. Really however you want to interpret cold. Yeah. yeah. However you want to um, interpret. Mostly just realizing, I don't think we ever really introduce ourselves. You were like, my name's Connor. And I was like, do I ever say my name? <laughs> I think <laughs> we did first. Does it then, matter anymore? Yeah, you know. I'm Connor. Oh, you want me to do it now? Yeah, you can do it. Okay, this is story. <laughs> this is Christine. This is Sam. And Dave here. All right, so uh, have anybody seen any movies recently? Yes. Nothing in theaters, though, which is kind of a bummer. I feel like I haven't gone to the movies in forever. Um, but I did watch... Oh, Christine watched this, too, uh, which I'm going to mess up the name. Ballad of Buster... Uh, Scruggs? Scruggs. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, that was very good. I enjoyed that a lot. Um, some of those were very, very dark. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Coen Brothers anthology. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Western tales. It was real good. Um, I also watched Creep 2. Has anyone seen The Creep? Um, I've seen the first Creep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched the second one, which was, like, really good. Like The first one was really good. The first yeah. one was amazing. Well, the first one, like, I just remember, like, being, like, oh, this is super it weird. So unsettling. It was very time. unsettling. No, it's please. Terrifying. I can't think about that. Also, mask. like, the way it was advertised, it's, like, the original trailer for that is literally, like, the first 15 minutes of the movie where they're just in the cabin together. And so then after that ends, I'm like, oh, there's a whole other movie after this? What the <laughs> fuck? Um, but the second one was pretty good. Um, I thought they did, like, some interesting stuff. Um, and it's just been, like, stuck in my head, like, this whole time since then. Um, and then as a palate cleanser, I've been watching the new season of MSG3K, uh, which has been fun. Nice. Yes. Um, yeah. Um, not movies, but I've watched um, two shows and marathon them. The Bodyguard, the BBC Ooh, show. How is that? So oh, good. I don't think I realized it, it was, was a show. Yeah. I thought it was a, a like a <clears throat> Netflix movie. Yeah. No, there's um, it's it was a, like originally a BBC show. Mm-hmm. Netflix got the rights to it. Um, there's six episodes. It's fantastic. It's really well done. Mm. And obviously Richard Madden is amazing. But then I also finally watched <laughs> The Haunting of Hill House. And oh, my God. I have to finish it. I just finished it this weekend or this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was not crazy about the ending. Well, the, the last episode was hard. It definitely needed. I felt like it needed to be more than one episode of everything that happened. Mm. But like the everything leading up to that moment, I think maybe it was a little like a little bit of a letdown, like how it ended but i thought the show overall was like really great hmm. i just I, I really like the scares but i hated all the dialogue in that show <laughs> fair enough i don't think it was particularly well acted unfortunately yeah that too mm. i heard there were lots of ghosts like in the corners of rooms and like that kind of stuff is really neat all the lots like, of kind of hidden things that yeah was really cool. yeah I watched a cast interview that was like, yeah, even the statues move. And I didn't notice before then. Mm-hmm. And I went back and I was like, oh, my God, they do. That's so cool. Yeah. Um, I just did see, uh, as I was discussing with Christine this past week, First Reformed uh, so with good. Ethan Hawke, the uh, Paul Schrader film. Uh, that's really stuck in my head since I've seen it. 
Yeah, because uh, you've seen it twice now, right? I've seen it twice now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I saw it like as soon as I finished watching it, I, I just thought to myself like I'm definitely gonna watch this again like, this week. Um, but yeah, really, uh, a really interesting meditation on the intersection of uh, faith and doubt and despair. Um, he plays it really, really well. Uh, I'm normally not much of an Ethan Hawke guy, but he hit, mm. he hit it out of the park with his character and with his performance. Um, and would definitely recommend it, but I would add the cautionary note that it's uh, pretty grim. <laughs> that is what I have heard, yeah. But I definitely want to see it. It's on my list. Nice. I saw Wreck-It Ralph 2, Ralph Breaks the Internet, in theaters yesterday. Basically the same movie. <laughs> Basically. <Yes. laughs> there were two movies on the same plane. If you want a good double feature, guys. <laughs> I also watched the Trailer Park Boys movie earlier that day, so those oh, also yeah. go very well together. Um, wreck Ralph 2 is fine. I don't know. I feel like it tries to be two different movies, like an internet spoof movie, and then also a movie about like what does it mean to like have a friendship that's kind of like falling apart. And it doesn't really do the, like, character work as well as the first one, but it was a really funny, like, internet spoofing movie of, like, making fun of, like, Snapchat and Twitter, and they, like, have BuzzTube, which is, like, their YouTube, and Ralph basically has to become, like, a viral hit, and so he has to, like, go through That's a all lot this... of pressure. <laughs> yeah. Um, and goes through, like, all these steps to, like, of, like, what YouTubers do to become famous, like, bee puns, physical harm, like, tricks, unboxing videos. He does, like, an unboxing video, like, cooking <laughs> fails. Um, That's kind of I fun, I actually though. really love yeah, that. I kind of love that. <laughs> so I feel like there's a great, it's, like, it felt like two and a half hours, but I guess it's probably only like two hours long. It was really long. Uh, there's, like, a GTA, like, Grand Theft Auto game called Slaughter Race. What a great name. <laughs> um, that Vanellope wants to go into, but Ralph's like, I don't want you to go in there, and that's kind of, like, the main kind of dynamic of the movie. Um, I don't know, it's fine. Don't see it in theaters. Wait till it's on Netflix, and you'll have a, a nice time. Yeah, I just wish, like, either focus on, like, making fun of, like, internet culture or focus on, like, these two characters, and it really kind of, hmm. you know, only tried to do a little bit of both. It seems so long for a kid's movie. Yeah. Yeah. So who is this movie really for? True. I don't know. <laughs> well, it's, okay. uh, you said like the really, really young kids like get all the references that like apparently now we're old and like don't get some of those yeah, like when YouTube did that type happen? things. What the fuck? Yes, uh, seriously. I was talking to somebody who brought their four year old to see it as no. their first movie, and she said that he got all of the internet references, all the YouTube, Facebook, mm-hmm. like Twitter jokes. He was like laughing and all like the kind of more like dialogue y stuff he was like checked out for. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was a really interesting take from a four year old. Well, my. <laughs> In a very proud sister moment, my seven-year-old sister did tell me she wants to be a YouTuber when she grows up, wow. so that's wow. a that's a thing. Reaching for the stars. Yeah, you know. <laughs> I wanted to be like an astronaut, ballerina, something, but yeah, YouTuber, sure. I mean, Ralph racks up a lot of money with just a few videos. Yeah, that's still depressing. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and I also saw uh, Hereditary, yeah. finally. Um, it was really good. I, I really was, liked it. I was kind of surprised by it. I thought it was going to be more of like a out there horror movie, but it was really a pretty straightforward kind of like possession family drama, just like executed brilliantly. Mm. But eh, straightforward, but also like goes places where you don't think it's yes. going to go. Mm-hmm. Like there's some yeah. for those of you out there oh, who God, have seen it, you know scene. those particular scenes but, that you're yeah. like. It definitely did. I really just see this for me. The the noises from that movie are like 
Yeah. Oh, oh fuck, yes. man. Mm-mm. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I yeah, I heard that sound like in a different context, like elsewhere, and like oh, no. freaked the fuck out. Like I was at my house just like watching another TV show and there was that click and I stopped <laughs> and I was like, Oh, this movie has fucked me for life, I think. It's like those hand claps in the conjuring. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh my god. Oh, yeah. Not a good yeah. one. That's so true. Um it didn't really scare me, but it like mentally disturbed me. Like, yeah, it was that's like my skin was crawling. Right. But I thought the final scenes, there were definitely some really startling moments. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, totally. Where she, like, flies. Swimming soundlessly through the air. In the cor- I don't want to give anything away. But Dave, like, Dave and oof. I saw it with a bunch of people, and I think everyone we were with liked it except our friend Kim, who was like, it was so boring. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, so much crazy shit happened in that movie. I don't know. I Not a great of, judge. She fell asleep. Agree. She did fall asleep. Yeah, yeah. so. That was, Yeah. <laughs> I that don't. I don't think I fell asleep until like three o'clock in the morning after <laughs> after seeing that movie. Oh yeah. yeah, I had to keep some lights on after watching that movie and going to bed. Oh, I, had, mm-hmm. I had a I had a late night event, like an overnight event, the other day, and then I was just like kept thinking of the noise, kept thinking of the movie. Like it was really because yep. I was just walking alone in the dark. Blit. I was like, please don't have a lady swim at me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, yeah. Sure. There's a lot of great people in the background too in Hereditary, mm-hmm. like Hill House, just like people that just like. In corners and maybe this is for because I don't want to give any key things away from the movie, but like I kept seeing as I'm like using the internet all this clickbait stuff about Hereditary <laughs> being like things that you missed in Hereditary. Mm-hmm. Are there things that you miss and should rewatch? There's like some stuff about like the without getting that... a virus on my computer. Should I like <laughs> like should I rewatch it? Are there key in the background? Uh, clues as to what's going to happen? There aren't really clues, but there are just sort of undertones. Like, mm. uh, one of the things is they, I guess, really went out of their way to include in shots featuring objects, six objects in particular. Oh, okay. And things like that. So there are some kind of, like, uh, I guess, under-the-radar nuanced things just about the feel of the film and the, the surroundings that aren't part of the plot necessarily, but... I guess tie into the mythos of the whole thing. I, I don't want to give it away. I guess, but right, 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 right. But yeah, speaking in the vaguest of terms, <laughs> um, requiring maybe a rewatch or at least some research as to how those connect. I know they plot. and Dave. I think we were talking about this the other day that they they built the house from scratch, and so they could move walls what? and do whatever they wanted to. I don't know if I knew that. Yeah, so they built the house from scratch. That way they could pull away walls to do like trick shots and whatnot. That's yeah, that cool. house is like wild. built from scratch. At least the interior shots. I, I don't... need to borrow that from you. Yeah. yeah, I'm, a, I'm, I'm on a rewatch. Too. Yeah, <laughs> party at <laughs> hereditary party, the funnest. Oh, so, and then you guys can come over to my house and watch Mandy because oh, that's on Shutter now. I want to yeah. see Mandy so bad. <laughs> Any other kind of thoughts about movies or things we watched? Or gotta love those movies. <laughs> we talk about them and, and TV. And, and TV. TV, we dish them out. We talk I've about them. I've sucked at TV stuff lately, but I yeah, I need to finish Hill House. And also, it's like, Castle it. Rock and, like, seven yeah, other things I that I stopped. Well, see, I, I did do a Mar- Castle Rock marathon and finished it. And I, I recommend. There's some some issues I had with it, but overall, I thought it was really Is it really over good. for the season? It, the season is completed. They're going to okay. do a second season. Um, yeah. Some good good performances. Yeah. Ready to get into the movie? Yeah. Let's All do right. It. So, uh, for our theme of cold movies. <laughs> 
Uh, it just felt exhausting to talk about four Christmas movies yeah. in a row. Yeah, I feel like none. I mean, I don't want to speak for you guys, but none of us are like super Christmas people, right? No, I think that's not at probably all. the problem. Also, I enjoy a good Christmas movie. <laughs> sure, but I don't want to devote a whole month. Yeah, it's already enough of that already. Yeah, and our whiteboard questions are generally going to be Christmassy focused. So, like the other day, I said I'm a Halloween girl living in Christmas time, and it's just <laughs> weird for me. So, <laughs> what is this? Yeah. Post Halloween like, slump. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the movie that I chose for the first um, week here is Groundhog Day, the 1993 Bill Murray classic. It is my favorite Bill Murray um, movie, mm. and I definitely want to talk about how everybody feels about Bill Murray as like an actor, mm. and now as this kind of like cultural icon. I feel like the mythos of Bill Murray has grown beyond. Yeah, um, I agree. Who the man is. Uh, and how we do these discussions here on Butter With That is one person has watched the trailer, one person has read the reviews, and one person has seen the film. Uh, everybody here has seen Groundhog Day previously. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. This was my first time watching it. Oh, awesome. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Get a fresh perspective on someone who just Woo. saw that. Um, so who watched uh, the trailer for Groundhog Day? That was me. It was you, Tori. What was the trailer like? The trailer was so weird. I I kind of forgot, but I wanted to suggest like having all of us watch it because it is advertised so weird in the original trailer. Um, it kind of just does this open of him like talking to a doctor and then seeing like a visual of like him in prison and stuff. So it just is like making it sound like this dude is totally crazy. And there's this like weird, sinister, like thriller type music going on. <laughs> wow. <in the> <laughs> it's so weird. And then it does like this really creepy voiceover but then it starts showing funny imagery as it's doing this like other creepy stuff like you see like him driving with the groundhog at the wheel and stuff and like him shoving food in his face and like smoking and you see all of that stuff um, while this like you know creepy sinister music is going on it's so weird Um, and then I watched like the second trailer that came out just to see if they were all like that. And it was like, oh, Phil's just a news guy, like your standard kind of like comedy trailer. And so it like weirded me out. And apparently there's a lot of stuff with like the production of that movie. So like maybe that had something to do with it. Like I don't know much about the making of Groundhog's Day, but um, it was very weird for that to be the initial trailer. (laughs) I feel like the movie lives in a world like between those two ideas. Yeah, and there's some stuff about that movie that is like kind of creepy and weird to think about and stuff so i'm like nothing that they're showing is necessarily wrong or misleading but like this tone is very odd but there's so many ways you could cut a trailer you could like say like this is an action thriller Uh and all the scenes of him like driving off a cliff and things blowing up and you'd be like jumping off a building exactly Mm -hmm. yeah and then you could have the really or you could be like this is a romance like all of his conversations with Uh i think her name's rita yep um yeah, so I, that would be an interesting, like, recutting yep. uh, adventure. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, that'd be so interesting. So weird. Oh, it also shows at the end of that trailer, too, like, the car after it, like, fell off the road or whatever. And it's like, so you're just like, that like kind of ends with just like that. And you're like, what the fuck? What is this movie? I would have been so confused if I saw that initial trailer. Was Bill Murray, like, the fact that it was Bill Murray starring, was that, like, the main selling point that they were trying to get people to see it? I mean, it didn't, like, say a lot like that because it was, like, taking this very serious tone. But, like, almost every image is just of Bill Murray. So it is just like, yes, this is, you know, this is the person to come see. Yeah. So it was weird. (laughs) Thank you for that trailer report. Yeah. Uh, Christine, how about from uh, Review Land? 
Yeah, so I read some reviews that were written when the movie first came out, and for the most part, like, across the board, positive reviews of the movie. Uh, and then I read a couple of reviews uh, for the 20th anniversary, mm-hmm. um, and that was, like, looking back at the legacy of Groundhog's Day and why it's t- like considered a timeless classic. Um, and a couple of things came up. One was... Pretty much every reviewer said that really what makes the movie um, is Marie's performance. Um, and uh, like Roger Ebert said that really in the hands of anyone but uh, but Murray, it could be like a cloying parable. Um, but he says the Murray persona has become familiar without becoming tiring. The world is too much with him. He's a little smarter than everyone else. He has a detached melancholy. He is deeply mm. suspicious of joy. He sees <laughs> sincerity as a weapon that can be used against him, and yet he conceals emotional needs. He is, he is Hamlet in a sitcom world. Damn. Which is, yeah, I was like, whoa, all right. That's a lot. <laughs> um, that's pretty deep. Yeah. So, and and other others were saying that really, uh, Bill Murray's performance is what keeps it from being um, maybe like a tired story. Um, and the second thing is that a lot of people write about how sort of profound the movie ultimately becomes. Um, mm-hmm. The AV Club did a review not in '93, but a couple years ago that was kind of reflecting on the movie and and calls it a ca- uh, says it has a casual profundity. Um, the character panics, he seethes, he celebrates, he mourns, he curses God, he comes to think he is God, he grapples with the big questions, he kills himself a few times, and he falls in love. Um, and that it can really delve into these pretty complex issues with some levity. And uh, I, I just, I really liked that that term a cat with casual profundity. Hmm. Um, and so some questions that came up for me reading these reviews were, um, do we think Groundhog Day is timeless? And what, as Connor mentioned, what makes Bill Murray so popular um, as, a, as a persona, as an actor? Um, looking back at this movie, you know, 25, or 25 years later, um, does it stand the test of time? Have we had Groundhog Day fatigue with Bill Murray himself? <laughs> like seeing him, in my opinion, kind of do the same things in every movie. Um, and also I was kind of intrigued by Andy McDowell's character, uh, Rita. Um, is she in like, is she an unwitting tool for the main characters sort of physical or, uh, metaphysical transformation? We think of other movies where men learn lessons as they get new opportunities to like fall in love, like what women want, or there's some other movies where people get a chance to do things again. And like, how does that kind of Shed some light on there. Almost like 50 First Dates. 50 First Dates, yeah. yes, that movie too. Yeah, where like a guy is getting this chance again uh-huh. to like woo the woman. And um, yeah, what does that say about hmm. like who who gets that opportunity to transform? So yeah. those are some big questions that I was kind of thinking of. But um, yeah, as I was reading the reviews. Interesting. I feel like Roger Ebert has come up on every single. I know. Episode. I like. I, yeah. I'll, They're like, like one the of the first, first things that review. comes up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, like I feel like he has. You know, like I thought his review was really you know, interesting to think about. Yeah. The um, Hamlet. I have of some other Puxatani. quotes that I can kind of spice in. Spi- that's not a verb. Um, pepper in. Pepper in. I, I wish everybody <laughs> could see the hand gesture. Christine. Spice. This is me. You know, spice. spicing. Spice. In the kitchen. Um. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh. So, 
Take it away. <laughs> Sam, how about, um, so after seeing Groundhog Day for the first time, what were sort of your initial thoughts? Um, okay, so basically I started like an existential crisis because I knew everyone here liked this movie. And I'm like, why didn't mm-hmm. I? like? And I'm starting to think like, well, why don't I like movies that people talk about? So what movies do I like? So I'm still in that right now. So mm. thanks for that. Groundhog Day <laughs> has brought me to this existential crisis of like, do I even like movies? What a, what am I doing here? <laughs> this is going to be like the, the big twist at like the end of our season. <laughs> Turns out Sam doesn't like movies. <laughs> Guys, I'm leaving the podcast. I hate movies. She's like, why the fuck did I do this? Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, you know, as I was watching it, like, I tried to be like, okay, I'm a little bored, this is fine, whatever, I feel a little exhausted. However, I think, like, questions that came up for me, um, was this the first time, and and Connor, I think I mentioned this Mm -hmm. to you previously, which was, is this the first time that, like, time was contorted in this way like like someone repeating the same day over and over and over again because i was once a big fan of supernatural and they had an episode where they did that i know you know oh i know you know but you know there have been like other movies who have done the same thing and so i was wondering like oh is this the first time that was ever really done well now we have a like a uh, horror um, yeah happy death day right a horror franchise I guess that's kind of doing that there so. were three movies in 2017 that were days a character repeating a day what was happy death day that kept coming up when I was looking at reviews um, that came out for... a couple of years ago and it's basically the same deal um, and the main character gets murdered at the end of every night and so they're oh, trying whoa. to like figure out like who murdered them there's also Tom Cruise's The Edge of Tomorrow. Oh, right, shit. Right, which yeah, uh, right. just keeps recycling him back into the same battle perpetually. I love that movie. I but, thoroughly yeah. enjoyed that, that movie. Was, that was a lot of fun. Yes. They did a great job. I got that. that for $5 at a Black Friday two years ago. On Emily Blu-ray. Blunt is so good in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> that is, uh, it's so amazing to see Tom Cruise just get slaughtered dozens and <laughs> so dozens many times. Of times. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of therapeutic, right? <laughs> we've been talking about maybe doing a month that's like actors who are problematic or directors, but movies that you still like of theirs. And I have to pick Edge of Tomorrow. Mission Impossible 6. <laughs> yeah, I, just, I, I, watch I, that I one hate again. Tom Cruise, but yeah, like there's some stuff where I'm like, okay. <laughs> we could just do a hate Tom Cruise month, but love the movie. I mean, I love most Tom Cruise movies. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, though, some things that did come up for me um, was like, some things, no matter how many times you try, are just not happening. They're just, like, not possible. Which, like, you know, that feels, like, very much like Bill Murray's shtick. You know it? Not everybody gets their happy ending. Which, like, I kind of appreciate because it's, like, realistic. You know? Um, but is it still worth trying, I guess, is kind of what I thought about a lot with this movie as I was watching it. Damn. Like, if you know it's not going to work, should you still try because it's all about yeah. what you learned in the process. So even though like I didn't particularly like it, I was still like, damn, that making me think. Can I ask, did that movie give you a ton of anxiety? Because when I first saw that movie, it gave me so much anxiety with like the repetition and how I would feel in that like scenario. Um, which I think is why like watching that movie initially was very hard for me. This movie just kickstarts my imagination like few other movies do. Hmm. And it's not necessarily just like in the world of the movie itself, but even like bigger picture like how did they film it did they, i was also thinking did about they, that like did, mm. did they do the scene where he wakes up like 
700 times over the course of a few weeks and then move on to something else. Oh, God, Or, yeah. like, the actual, like, Punxsutawney Phil groundhog thing. Like, when he's, like, <laughs> standing in front of the, the camera. Like, how many times did they do that? So, I, yeah, absolutely. I was thinking about that as well. That's an interesting question. And thinking about from the perspective of, like, an actor. Mm -hmm. And you're like, oh, I'm having to do the scene the same way every single time. And how uh. it's going to change, like, in trying to recreate yeah. the same scene. Yeah, you have to, like, make yourself, like, crazier and crazier. Uh -huh. Yeah. When he runs into Ned and he steps into that puddle and he's like the first up it's a doozy it's a doozy oh, he's great mm. this movie is one of my most quotable movies of all time every time that Alyssa and I are walking the city we're like stepping over a curb is a puddle we always go watch out for that first step it's a doozy <laughs> how many um, times did you say you've seen Groundhog Day I've probably seen Groundhog Day five or six times okay Maybe seven. This might have been my sixth or seventh time seeing it. Every time it, it pops up back on Netflix, like every year. Um, and so I usually always watch it anymore. Um, yeah, so this movie just makes you think a lot about like the making of film itself. Uh, this was written by Harold Ramis, and I wrote the other guy's name here, uh, Danny Rubin. Uh, Harold Ramis was in Ghostbusters. He was Egon. He's been mm -hmm. in a ton of stuff, mm -hmm. worked on tons oh, of projects. Oh, he just died a couple oh, years ago. Yeah. That was very sad. Yeah, he wrote Meatballs, Stripes. Um, yep. Yeah, he was wrote, <laughs> I didn't even realize how much collaboration with Bill Murray he had. Um, over his career and I was reading a few articles that were talking about like the, the making of it like Danny Rubin according to him and then um, his daughter he has like scores of scripts that are like have weird concepts like Groundhog Day that were just like too weird for studios to make um, and so there was a lot of battle between um, Ramis who then kind of helped like co-write the script with Rubin um, with the studio trying to make this film and the studio wanted the elimination of all references to time because I guess in the what? in some versions of the script, okay. the idea of like how many days has he been in? Uh, uh, yes, and there was I mean. apparently there was some contention uh. over whether or not to explain uh. mm -hmm. why this has happened to him. Um, is that? Did you just say that? Oh, sorry. That, that I'm sorry. No, 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 no. That was the next. I was like, ah. no, no, no. Oh, shit. I just totally zoning out. No, that was like the next sentence. <laughs> oh, okay. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no, no. Um, but Christine, that apparently. I transported of to, time. to another universe and then arrived back in the same place. Um, yeah, that like some. Parts of the production, like production, wanted there to be some kind of like supernatural explanation for this occurrence, and then ultimately that was taken out. And according to reviewers, for the better, that mm. that Definitely. ambiguity actually creates this much more yeah. interesting surreal universe where Explaining it's not it like could be weird. <laughs> well, apparently there was like there was supposed to be some curse that was in put the, on Bill Murray and in the second character. draft. An ex-girlfriend literally gets a book of spells Ooh. and puts a curse. Oh, yeah. no. Oh, no, no, let's no. Let's be thankful that did not make it into the <laughs> I can imagine script. that Harold Ramis just like, mm, no, no, no. Yeah. And, yeah, it's just interesting that the people watching it and looking back on it being like, yeah, that. Sam, did you feel like you wanted an explanation or was that like, yeah. I didn't care. You didn't care? No, I was <laughs> just sort of like, yeah, why not? <laughs> why not relive this the same well day? <laughs> well, in this movie, you have to bring about like existential dread yeah. like in your own life. And I feel like in the movie, 
Um, one of my favorite quotes is he's hanging out with um, these kind of like redneck hickey characters that he first like dismissed on his first day yeah. before beginning the loop. And then he's like, well, I'm just going to hang out with these guys. And then they're like at a, at a bowling alley drinking beer. And uh, Bill Murray says, would you um, what would you do if you were stuck in one place and nothing that you did mattered? And then one of the guys says about sums it up for me, like yes. for his life. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, I think I also wrote that down. So I think that line just really sticks out in terms of like, that's, I feel like how we feel about all of our lives. Ugh. Generally, like we're stuck, <laughs> not to, you know, making it a little real, but I think this movie does a great job of like thinking about what I'm doing with my life and how much of my day is repeatable. It makes me think about how utterly predictable human beings are. Oh, God. Every mm-hmm. single day, no. Yeah. No. the radio hosts <laughs> say literally the same every single day. <gasps> Ned Ryerson, um, someone who went to high school with Bill Murray's character, Phil Connors, walks the same every day. These people do literally the same exact things. And nothing changes except for Bill Murray introducing these changes into the world. And that makes me think about who are people that are changing our daily routines in our lives. And I also think about what if we're in someone's Groundhog Day? Oh no! No 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 no! Today, I was like, no, no 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 no! I can't I can't do this right now. Like, what if we recorded this podcast for ten years? Because that's sort of what Danny Rubin recently has. Is this why you're bored? You've seen this movie and been doing this thing. Is this your Groundhog Day? It's like ah, goddamn. And on the podcast, you try to convince. I'll tell you what, if if I am in someone's Groundhog Day and like I'm just reliving, I've got some words to speak to this person. Why does it suck so bad? You know, like true. We almost got hit by a car yeah, today. So How dare you? <laughs> um, well, and even in the movie, he's like, there's I was like in the Virgin Islands. I met a woman. We had sex. That was a pretty good day. Why couldn't that be the day that was chosen? Um, and I, I thought going back to the review, Christine, it was interesting that um, was it the AV Club that brought up? Um, the idea that we have to of like profundity, casual, profundity, casual profundity. Yeah. Or the idea of like kind of going through all these range of emotions. And also I think what Ebert said of trying to like, this could be a moralizing tale of like, you need to become better. But I think because of the writing and Bill Murray's performance, you sort of see him go through these range of emotions of I'm going to manipulate. I'm freaking out about my situation. I'm then going to manipulate the system. And he basically does what he's been doing his whole life. And every time it repeats, just trying to gain an advantage on people trying to he goes up to a woman named Nancy randomly and says, hey, what high school did you go to? And she's like kind of weirded out, but answers him and kind of asks these questions about eighth grade teacher and questions about her personal life. Then the next day goes up and says, Nancy from high school and Nancy Lincoln, do you you guys think? think that he actually like changes as a fundamental human being or like on a fundamental level or do you think he it, the story ends still with him uh, ultimately able to manipulate the world as you said like i think the movie i think my one big criticism is that it ends too neatly mm. um yeah it's per- because he yeah. told her all the right things and <laughs> but i feel like after trying to kill himself dozens of times because uh, he even says, you know, do I even exist anymore? Because I've killed myself so many times, um, which is a great line. Yeah. Um, Damn. <laughs> you know, something I kept going back to a lot is like consent and like how much mm. is Rita consenting to this? Because yeah. it's like someone's learning yeah, everything about you just to use it on you again. Mm-hmm. That doesn't feel good. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like the movie acknowledges that he's a terrible person for you. Yeah. I mean, that's why he doesn't break free after the first time he like makes progress with Rita or something like that's not the right way to do it. Remind me what ultimately, I mean, 
yeah, what ultimately breaks the cycle? Like, it's isn't it just that they like fall in love or whatever? What is the conclusion? Well, it seems like that because there's the one uh, one repeat of the endless recycling of the day where um, I guess he the, the two of them do end up together. Um, and I guess, you know, they go to get to go to bed together and he's wondering, you know, maybe I wonder if this will be, you know, what breaks it. And then he still wakes up to the same song the next day. And then I as after what after that, I don't recall. Are they like ice skating or there's snow involved? There's a lot of the snow. essential <laughs> snow. I mean, cold. Cold. so there's like it's a cold. fake out, though, where like it seems as though he solved it through like the lens of framing circumstance and himself so that they end up together but hmm. that mm. happens and then he still wakes up in it once and i don't remember what happens after yeah. that though. or yeah, what why breaks I'm it yeah. trouble remember the ending um, i guess maybe because the same things happen over and yeah. over and over yeah. again yeah well i think what breaks it um and sam i think you back me up on this or help me out um yeah is that he just can't because he wants to i think he realizes he needs to better himself for rita but what you're referencing is that doesn't work Right. He has to better himself for everybody. He has to fix the old lady's tire. He has to catch the boy that's falling out mm-hmm. of the tree. He has to learn to play piano, which is a great use of that kind of superpower. Mm. Is he teaches himself every day to play the piano and mm. probably just reads every book imaginable multiple times. Um, and I think he has to better himself for the community. And this movie sort of a love letter to like small town America. Mm-hmm. Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Because <laughs> he's, um, I guess we should do just a very brief description of kind of the plot of the movie for those who haven't seen or not aware. Um, Phil Connors is a weatherman stationed in Pittsburgh. Um, he's just a big old dickhead. Just a big old asshole. The one um, time I laughed. I mean, I laughed. But, like, <laughs> but the one time that I did, like, out loud was at the very beginning with just how he was introducing the weather. I was like, ah, that's funny. And so he's just kind of like, he wants to be an up-and-coming hotshot weatherman. He's like, oh, a big network's going to pick me up soon, and this will be my last Groundhog Day. Because um, I guess for this is his fourth year going um, to Puxatawney, Pennsylvania, to cover the Groundhog Day celebration. And the first, I think, my... F- what might be my one of my favorite lines in the movie is uh, when it's opening and then he does the weather. He goes back to the desk and then his um, I guess the anchor's like, oh, like I heard you're going to Puxatawney, Phil. It's like this is your third year, right? And then he just looks at her and goes, four and mm-hmm. four. <laughs> and just like that's such classic Bill Murray of this like dry wit of just like undercutting like four years, four fucking years. Mm-hmm. Of going to this. And then so he gets the Puxatawney. They do the day. He's like a dick to the crew, a dick to the town. Uh, and then he wakes up. There's a, Or there's a blizzard. And that's why this is like my cold movie. Because he can't leave Puxatawney. Because <laughs> it's this, happening in February. <laughs> not just because it's February. <laughs> because this, this blizzard is coming in. And he can't leave to go back to Pittsburgh because there's the blizzard and the road. Would you say there's closed. also a blizzard inside of him? Oh, God. That is preventing him. <laughs> Damn, man. A maelstrom of egotism and emotion. Ooh. Whoa. Oh, shit. Got the words that are said on the show sometimes. <laughs> um, and so then he relives this day over and over, which we've been alluding to, until eventually by the end, he has to, I interpret it as, he can't just benefit himself. He has to learn that he needs to help other people. Yeah, that makes sense. Because that's his character arc. Yeah. Mm. I I mean, there's one quote from uh, Janet Maslin from the New York Times when 
she wrote a review when the movie first came out, and she said, Miss McDowell, a warm and comic presence and a thorough delight, plays a modern, work, modern working woman while also reminding viewers that this at heart is a fairy tale. As Phil tries one desperate tactic after another, fairy tale fans will be away. Fairy tale fans will be way ahead of him, knowing what it takes to break a spell. Um, and so, when you were bringing up this idea of like really thinking about, when we were talking about what breaks that's ultimately that cycle. At least she seems to think that it is somewhat of a like a fairy tale ending. Did you think that it was a satisfying ending or? Did it tie up? I was sand? just happy that it ended. You were just, it was just like, all right, it's yeah. done. He got it. He learned his lesson. What I think so great about this movie is it can be viewed as a fairy tale. I read somewhere that someone views it as like an interpretation of the Buddhist idea of reincarnation. Mm, okay. um, there's a, I, I have a, actually a whole list here uh, that I think it's um, Mashable has filled out about um, terms of reviews. Oh my god, phone load. No, oh my god. Saved on my phone, pulling it up. I also think it's interesting that you did this one, Sam, just because, like, I think we've talked on the podcast about, like, kind of how you feel about comedy and, like, not really sure, like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's why I wanted to do it also, because mm -hmm. I was like, maybe I had I just have a thing about comedies and I don't know what I'm missing. Mm -hmm. No, <laughs> I just don't like What's your, what, like, what's your assessment of Bill Murray as a, like, a, as an actor or a person? So when I see and think of Bill Murray, I think of probably the first movie I ever saw him in, which was Space Jam. And like I think about <laughs> cameo, yeah. <laughs> and I think about that character and how much I felt bad for him as a youth, as a youth, watching it and going, Oh, that sucks for him. And so like I've never <laughs> He's playing himself also. I know, I know. It sucks for you that you are who you are. <laughs> so like I think that I still have that sort of perspective. I think like Bill Murray is fine. I don't I don't understand the hype. Um but I know that he appeals to a lot of people, but I think like for me, I've dealt with so many people in my life who have tried to emulate Bill Murray and try to be mm -hmm. him and I just I fucking hate that. Mm, interesting. Cuz like I, I'm someone Those Murray bras. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like I and I don't want to like offend anybody or whatever, but like I'm someone who finds joy in life and is like animated. And so like when I come across someone who's like not like that, it makes me feel stupid for being that way. I don't appreciate that at all. And so, like, that's what Bill Murray represents for me. Not saying that he is that way, because, Jesus, I have no idea who he is as a person. But just, like, the people <laughs> I know that like Bill Murray in that way have done that to me. Mm. Yeah, I think that's understandable. I can see that. I just, yeah. I mean, there's definitely people who take him as, like, their god, mm -hmm. I think, in a way. I love the Bill Murray that just, like, shows up to people's weddings. Oh, anytime that's I see one funny. of those articles that's just like, oh, Bill Murray did this weird thing today. I'm like, all right, cool. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that. Oh, like Danny DeVito also. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like, yeah, very similar kind of just like, eh, I'm just going to do this random thing. Like, I sometimes get tired of like Bill Murray's kind of like shtick. I think we've been talking about this like kind of apathetic, sarcastic guy. But there's some projects like um, like Groundhog Day. And I think so many Wes Anderson films that he's in where like it's just hilarious in Ghostbusters. I That's what the one liner movie for me, I mm -hmm. feel like. It's good at meatballs too. Did you ever see? I've never seen meatballs. Meatballs never see. It's weird, but it's good. He's also plays Hunter S. Thompson in that one movie. 
Oh, uh, where the Fear buffalo and roam? Oh, right, right. Oh, right. yeah. There's another Hunter S. Thompson movie. It's called Where the Buffalo Roam, and uh, Bill Murray plays Hunter S. Thompson. It's very odd. Mm. Yeah, interesting. You know what real power is? Having people say your middle initial. Mm. Hunter S. Thompson. That's real power. <laughs> Sorry, side note. We, we debate the legacy we of Hunter S. Thompson. <laughs> uh, speaking of legacies, does anybody want to hear some potential bad news about Bill Murray? No. Oh, oh, boy. oh, no. oh no. Is this along the lines of stuff we were just talking about? There have been a, a couple of articles throughout the past maybe several years that uh, quote his wife in his divorce proceedings as being uh, domestically abusive. Ooh. Mm. Oh. Yeah. Nothing is sacred. <sighs> Bill Murray. I think it's just like the culture of white straight men. Like, you know, it's not okay to do these things. And I think that like is so for so long it has been just like, well, that's stuff that you keep behind doors. That's stuff that everybody does. Mm-hmm. But we just don't talk about it. It's like, no, it's not okay. Like, it's mm-hmm. like not okay. We need to know and talk about that. We need mm-hmm. to like hold people accountable for those things. Yeah, I guess there is kind of, like, I guess how Bill Murray is, like, depicted in, like, relationships and towards women and stuff. And I think that could be an interesting conversation. I feel like this movie does take him to task. Maybe not as much as it could in terms of, like, how he treats the women. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, It could definitely, like, condemn him more. Mm -hmm. Uh, You have to imagine that he's tried to sleep with every woman in town. Right? Like, that's where my mind goes to. In Punxsutawney? In Punxsutawney. Like, I met, like, uh, Danny Rubin recently said that in his mind, he was in, he was doing this for 10 years. Every day, ten years. Wow, that he was doing this so bad. No way. And and I think he just said that to the reviewer, just like get him off his like tail of like, I've had this question a million times. I don't really care. Ten years, take it. I think Harold Remus said a thousand years or so. There's been. Oh my god. Excuse me. I I I don't know. In my head, it's probably ten ish years of him doing this. Interesting. Um. So that's also another layer of like, what would you do if you were living the same day? For 10 years. One thing that's also kind of odd, I, I remember reading something um, a long time ago that during the production of the film, Bill Murray and Harold Ramis kind of uh, came to a misunderstanding about the direction of the film. Uh, Bill Murray, I guess, intended for it to be kind of darker, which is interesting because as a comedy, it's already pretty bleak. Yeah. But I guess he was uh, hoping and aiming for a more um, kind of a grimmer direction and exploration of that concept and situation. So I wonder what that movie would have been. I definitely also. think of this movie as a as an incredibly dark existential comedy. Mm. Um, I I think that's why I don't really like love the ending. It's because it's too rom com because mm. they like he wakes. He finally does like sort of all like he does impresses everybody. He does all the right things, but not for himself, but for other people. Also dark that uh, there's a homeless man who he like takes care of and then dies. Yeah. The next day he bring, feeds him soup, feeds him ch- grilled cheeses and whatnot. He dies. And mm-hmm. it's like every day this old man dies yeah. Yeah. for 10 years. And a nurse says sometimes it's just people's time to go. And I kind of think huh. that's what sort of launches the movie into the third act. Mm. I can't remember. Yeah. Even though I just saw this yesterday, I can't remember if he, if that's before or after he starts killing himself the dozens of times after. after. So I think that's sort of like the big turning point of like, he has to, uh, something changes within him because yeah. then he like mm-hmm. catches a boy who's falling out of a tree he knows like everything minute by minute of what's going to happen mm-hmm. in the town and so there's like a hugely tragic element to that it starts to become not so much about as far as his focus about his situation the hopelessness of it and the repetition of it and his want to escape and becomes more about his actively experiencing it as a participant which is interesting yeah 
Yeah, it's an interesting way to phrase it. Also, we were talking about, like, you know, kind of Bill Murray's, like, standard persona and stuff. And so I was just kind of thinking, has anyone seen What About Bob? Oh, my God. No. no. I love What About Bob. Oh, What About Bob is really funny. Um, so it's him and Richard Dreyfus, And Richard Dreyfus <laughs> is his. so well. Who's so good. Who plays a psychiatrist. And I don't even know how to describe what would be wrong with, like, Bill Murray's character. But he is very, like, loving and optimistic and really friendly. But he's also obsessed with this therapist. So he ends up following him up to his, like, um vacation home and like spending the vacation with him even though his therapist is trying to get him to leave but then like the family starts to love him and it's just like very it's very funny but it's like one of the only movies that like off the top of my head I'm like oh Bill Murray plays such a different character in that movie than he does in like a lot of these other ones we're talking about well even in Scrooge he's pretty much Phil Connors just amped up yeah oh yeah it's basically the same character which I like Scrooge a lot also but yeah um yeah, so this movie makes me feel a little cold in my heart. <laughs> makes me feel cold because really it's in. Needs to explain I his need theme. To explain <laughs> I know. Connect it to the theme. I no, mean, I mean, this is also just when we started this movie's podcast. I was like, I need at some point to talk about Groundhog Day. It's easily in my top ten favorite films. Films I've seen kind of over and over again. Um, and for all these reasons we've been talking about and the discussions that it generates of like, what does it mean? Is is is, is uh, Puxatoni Phil the resurrected Christ? Is it about Judaism? Is it about me? the Buddha? Is it about kind of all these too many articles, my friend? <laughs> ideas. Um, um, or is it about our re- repetitive, mundane existence? <laughs> That's generally, I guess, where I fall usually. Yeah. Can I say one thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so obviously, this takes place on February second. My birthday's February first. If I had to wake up every day, <laughs> the day after my birthday, it would be pissed off. <laughs> Oh, Just that missed yet. it. <laughs> if you had to pick one year to wake up after the day after your birthday, mm. throw that at me again. What? So <laughs> that if, you was, had, yeah, the, if you the, had to pick a year uh-huh. that you would wake that Groundhog Day would happen the day after your birthday, do you have a year that you think you? No, I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> you were just asking her if she has a day she would want to repeat (laughs) no (laughs) i don't don't think i'd want to repeat any day no i don't mm, mm -mm. but then you could like and that's this movie also hits on like the idea of what's a superpower versus a curse i think those are some of the best like superhero stories of like they have these gifts but there's also this huge burden whether it's a physical burden or like spider-man like great power responsibility because like he learns to play the piano learns to speak french like he gains all of these skills, but it's like he's trapped in this like purgatory kind of hell state. Hmm. So that that also I think is like super interesting to think about. Yeah, I gotta start mixing up my routine. <laughs> Got me thinking. Like yeah. a different way to work. Oh my god. Well, actually, from a survival standpoint, <laughs> if you no seriously, I I just oh learned this recently god. that you should. mountain lions will attack people what based on patterns. No, no, no. I'm serious. So mountain lions, there have been attacks like in California and things like that. And people that jog and bike at the same time every morning, oh, a mountain yeah, lion okay. will right, wait yeah. and watch after the fourth or fifth repetition and then think, this is a chance worth taking. 
I'm going to attack someone. Oh, so right. I think it hurt that too. Break, okay, I like break that. out of took, your routines. Yeah. I took a class in my undergrad that was like victims' rights or something, and the one of the books we had to read was called How to Stop a Stalker, and that is like one of the things where it's like if you have a routine, like that's going to make it easier for them to stalk you, and so that's what I think of all the time now. <laughs> the mouth. I'm like, well, I, oh, I walked the same way to work a couple times. Maybe I should do a different route in case I'm being stalked. I don't know. By but person. So much stalking. Um, Any other final thoughts on survival or on Groundhog Day? Or on cold. Or on cold. (laughs) Cold was good. I'm happy with our choices. It's going to be a good month, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Is the snow realistic? We have to (laughs) ask ourselves this after every movie. Is the snow real? Um, Yeah. Yeah, I buy it. It looks pretty good in the movie. Okay. I d- yeah, um, yeah. Something I always like to look at. That's out really funny. For. I've never asked myself this question yeah. of that or <laughs> most movies before, but yeah. Because editing yeah. is hard. Like if you're shooting a movie, dealing with snow is one of the most challenging. Well, no, especially because a lot of things are shot in the It's inside the actor's studio. As you guys know, I host a horror movie night, and on Sunday we're going to be playing Black Christmas. And so I was trying to. I like to like talk a little bit about the movie, about like some interesting facts about it before I start. And one of the things was that. That it happened to be a very um, warm winter when they were filming that movie, so most of the snow is fake. And mm. I was like, this is a weird tidbit to have, but you brought it up, so this is great. That now we all have to figure it out. That always makes me think of The Office, because they film in Los Angeles, and they make Scranton seem like it's always snow and oh, slushy yeah. and ice and disgusting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it's like, that's not at all the time. But a lot. But a lot. A lot. <laughs> Fun fact about Groundhog Day, it has different titles for international releases. Oh, yeah? Because Groundhog Day is not a thing right. in oh, the true. world. So it's like, back in time, Phil. Or, <laughs> like, what? Really? Explaining I don't know that. It's like Groundhog Day to an alien. Phil. I don't know if that's it. But. I want to watch that movie. <laughs> but I'm going to go with that one. There's Yeah, there's like tons of weird like Japanese and Chinese and like... French titles, like countries that don't have a Groundhog Day. It's also not it's filmed in every in, other country. Yep. <laughs> it's also not filmed in Puxatawney. That's depressing. Bring that to Pittsburgh. God, God. I mean, you it's, just it's like filmed, give it to Pittsburgh. Give it to them. It's filmed in small town Pennsylvania, just not Puxatawney. Because Puxatawney was not small townish enough. <laughs> Wow. Well, fine. Okay. This well, is your town, but it's not what we want your town right. to be well, like. Okay, I take I take back my ire. All right, you brought it. <laughs> okay. Um, cool. So I think we're wrapping up our Groundhog Day discussion. I think we talked about a lot of great existential themes and survival tricks, uh, which I know you come to butter with that for learn how to survive mountain <laughs> cougar attacks. Glad that glad that I'm drinking right now. <laughs> we left a lot to think about with this one. Uh, so we're gonna take a quick break and then we'll be back with our whiteboard question. Back in time, Phil. <laughs>
welcome back to Butter With That, a movies podcast where several friends from Philadelphia come together to talk about uh, movies that they like, movies that we've seen, Connor, and answer some existential... Connor, I don't think you have to say in the middle of the episode. <laughs> I'm doing a Groundhog Day thing. We're repeating. Uh, uh, God no. damn it. No. I thought about this bit for days. It's going to be cold, it's going to be gray, and it's going to last the rest like, of your life. I was like, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> that is also on I was just like, yeah, sure. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> So we are back with our whiteboard question segment. Uh, every episode, we come up with a question that we prepare answers for in advance. And for this first episode, uh, in honor of Kurt Russell being in Netflix's The Christmas Chronicles as Santa Claus himself, uh, what action hero would you guys put in a Christmas movie? What would that movie look like? Uh, the plotting-ish of it. Um, also, how to... do people feel about Kurt Russell being Santa? I really want to see up. it. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty. Up. I'm pretty stoked about it. I can't think of a project that I wouldn't want to see Kurt Russell in. He's my favorite. Yeah. Aww. yeah. Great. Any um, any first goers? Any? I can I can do mine. Um, which. We said, like, any kind of, like, starring roles. So mine is just Kurt Russell basically doing all of the major, like, Christmas roles I want to see Kurt Russell in when they eventually make remakes of them. So Kurt Russell as Jack Frost. Yes! Um, Kurt Russell as, um, oh, I have uh, Burgermeister Meisterburger from um, Santa Claus is Coming to Town. Do you remember, like, the main villain in that one? No. Oh, he's this, like, angry German person. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So Kurt Russell as him, because he can't play Santa twice. We, he needs to pay, play a different character in that one. Or um, he could just play both. He just or plays, he can do both. He gets, gets multiple roles. I, these I was thinking about, like, completely Kurt Russelling every single person. <laughs> um, he's going to play Rudolph in the Rudolph remake, obviously. Like mocap? Uh-huh. Nice. Like yeah. Lion King live-action mocap? <laughs> No, this is actually live action. <laughs> he is going to be a goddamn Rudolph. <laughs> He's going to be a goddamn Rudolph. Fuck that shit. Gonna, okay. And then finally, uh, has anyone seen A Year Without a Santa Claus? Yes. He's playing Heat Miser oh, and Snow Miser. Yes. Oh, Boom. They're the best. Yeah. Kurt Russell Christmas. <laughs> what happens in The Year Without Santa? Um, Santa, Santa's basically gone. Santa's a curmudgeon who's just like, oh, I'm sick of this. I'm not giving out toys anymore and retired. Which makes so much, so Which much sense. sense. Like yeah. now that, also now that I'm older, I'm like, of, of course you want to retire. <laughs> Please do. Like, we'll be fine without you. But as a kid, like, that's like the most horrifying, like, storyline ever, right? Yeah. But yeah, no, Santa like, deserves no, right. to retire yeah. with a pension. Yeah. Just go chillax. Yeah. Who pays his pension? <laughs> the taxpayers? <laughs> the elves of the North Pole. I mean, the he's bill. bringing us presents. <laughs> That's true. We can pay the sales tax on them. It's fine. That's what the cookies are for. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> also, the reindeer food. Did anyone throw reindeer food when they yeah. were kids? Ooh, that's a great yeah, idea. It was just what? oatmeal with glitter. What? Ooh. Okay, no, that's not what mine what? was. Oh yeah, that's yeah, amazing. At school, several years, they were like, "Here's here's a reindeer food that you throw out onto the snow, like on Christmas Eve, along with Santa's cookies." And like when you look at the bag, it's like packaged really cute, but it is literally just uh, like oats with glitter. <laughs> that's so in. bad for the environment. Yeah. The janitor has to come in on Christmas Day to clean up the dead birds. <laughs> oh. How is that not a movie? That wasn't a thing. Like other people I, didn't have. No, that. We I had reindeer food, but nope. it did not involve glitter. <laughs> Glitter we nuts. have like my parents would like ring sleigh bells to be like the the owl the, the 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 reindeer are coming above the roof. Go to bed, Connor. <laughs> wow, that was 
I imagine that getting to be like a condition thing. Like it's like July and they're just like ringing sleigh bells. Like, all right, get to bed, damn it. Santa's early. Santa's coming early. Wow. I love that answer, Tori. Thanks. Me too. <laughs> so more Kurt Russell. More Kurt Russell. Hmm. Yep. I would hand it off to uh, the perpetually grizzled Nick Nolte. That's <laughs> Santa Claus. I could see that, yeah. Um, it would probably be some sort of uh, Santa-related action film, I guess, where he has opportunities to yell all the time. Because that's when Nick Nolte's at his best. Yeah. <laughs> Word. I like that. Comet Blitzen! <laughs> God damn it! We need to get these presents out. Sam or Christine, you got? Mine is really lame. I, it's not oh, really no. fleshed it's out. It's gonna be great. Well, not no. It's uh, the first thing that came to mind was like, I've never seen this movie, but based on the promo, Christmas with the Cranks. Mm. Is that a thing? Yeah, that's yeah, a movie, it, right? It's uh -huh. a movie, and yeah. it's they, they're trying to string lights up on the house, right? Um, I'm sure that's a scene. Sure. Okay. That's yeah. a scene of most Christmas right, movies. Exactly. Take any Christmas movie, family tries to string lights on the house. I would put like MacGruber in that movie and he like MacGruber. ends up like exploding his own house because he thought he had the best way to like string the lights. It's so, like up. a very MacGruber Christmas. A vi yes. Whoa, in fact, nice. Wow. Mm. It's as if wow. Connor's already written the script. <laughs> Let me just pull it out of my back pocket. This I'll never be... guess one of Christine's answers. It's always something like way out there. One of our friends told me that today when I asked her, uh, when she told me that she listened to the podcast, she's like, I can never guess what Christine's. Well, <laughs> I'm all about a very MacGruber Christmas. Hell yeah. Let's make it happen. Let's tell the studios. Um, and then, so my answer, for some reason, I could not think of any other person other than Chris Pine. I just, my <laughs> brain wouldn't He's do a, it. Yeah. Pine tree. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yes. <laughs> it's, it's, right. <laughs> Maybe. Pretty and good. then I told you about that vine. Yeah, you did. <laughs> the kids, it's like, he asked me what kind, of, what kind of tree I have. What kind of tree I have. It's a Chris Pine. Um, anyway. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> so I thought of Chris Pine. And the first movie that came to mind was um, The Santa Claus. Then I was like, eh. Um, but then, Dave, you just mentioned The Nightmare Before Christmas. I thought mm -hmm. that he would make a really good Jack Skellington. So hmm. that whole movie with Whoa. Chris Pine. Live action? Like actual live action. That could be a fun remake. Yeah. Hmm. A live action. Oh, God. Oogie Boogie is a, is a real thing. Oh, that, you oh, know that would be gross as fuck. Yeah. Let's yeah. do that. Okay. Yeah, it. I'm into it. Mm -hmm. I was also trying to think of just like classic like heroes like Steven Seagal or something oh, in like no. a, a cheesy family movie like this. I hate yeah. Him. Yeah, me too. His He's face is super beater. dumb. Yeah. But isn't that the guy who's I like mean, holed up in Russia forever? Yeah. Yeah, he beat his wife, so you know. God, also what a weird looking man. They bring him on CNN like once every year. <laughs> what? Just for something like to talk about something with Russia or like like what? he's on like news like once a year to just like throw his two cents in because people will tune in. Great. Interesting. He's an, he's an authority on like what kind of one more reason I'm glad introductory I don't have cable. karate and doing movies with Jaw Rule. Oh my yep. god! So, oh, and I minute, wait a minute. What was that movie though? They were in prison. What was that movie? I don't recall. Ugh, because my dad liked that. He made me watch it a few times. A few times. Yeah. <laughs> Once. Oh. Great. There's a few movies that my dad and I watched together a lot as a kid. Like when I was a kid. Um, whatever that movie is. Um, a Walk to Remember, and oh. then also oh, Speed. Yes. Hey, you can yeah. never watch Speed enough. The or first, Walk to Remember. The first movie I remember watching my dad was Empire Strikes Back. I was probably like five years old. Aww. And I cried. Oh. Yeah, my dad and I were <laughs> really so into beautiful. watching Star Wars together. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Nice. 
Um, so I got mine. I wrote it out, a little outline. Um, so oh, wow. you take the Santa Claus, but it's Jason Statham. Ooh, nice. Yes. I would actually yes. really like to watch that movie. Shit, that's good. Um, that's real good. And I've kind of fleshed it out from there. Um, just kind of like ideas that I was kind of spitballing today. Um, it takes place, let's say it takes place in 2019. Christmas 2018, his family is murdered. Whoa. Killed. God. Jesus Christ. Um, and he's okay. the only one that survives. It's most likely a construction accident. Is Maybe this like it's... a Mad Max Christmas. <laughs> it could be a little. So then God, his we family. Have the best Christmas special ideas. <laughs> so Jason Statham's family is dead. 2019, he's celebrating Christmas alone. He's like ex-military, CIA, Black Ops. I don't know. Pick your organization. Well, good on him for still celebrating. Okay. <laughs> he, he, he just like the, the he's Charlie. Like, Fuck it, I'll put up a tree. <laughs> he, he never took the Christmas tree down. Oh, still has oh. to. Oh, oh wow. so it's just brown with the ornaments, just on the bare leaves. Oh my gosh, that's how you get fires. Fire, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and so then he's just like drinking a scotch, whatever he wants to drink, and then he hears like sleigh bells and clanging on the roof of his house and he goes out there's just a robe laying on the ground in the snow. oh no and then he puts it on he's like what the fuck is this takes out the card and it's the santa claus and then he slowly turns into santa oh claus. he doesn't kill santa no he doesn't santa just disappears he sees the reindeer fly away in the sleigh and just the robe on the ground with the little business card that talks about in the original the did did tim allen kill santa he fe- Santa fell off his roof mm-hmm. and died and died. Okay, Tim Allen might have scared him. In he the startles him. He okay. startles him. Yeah. Um, so cut to who the antagonist of the film is. It's Kevin Hart <laughs> as a Jeff Bezos-like character okay. who's founded Bamazon. Uh, he's the richest man that has ever existed, um, and he started Amaz- an Amazon-like company because he always got coal for Christmas. And he wanted to start a business that would put Santa out of business. Ooh. So parents would buy toys Whoa. from his website instead of toys from Santa. Hmm. So who killed the family? So this is where the paths kind of diverge on what this movie <laughs> could be. I was talking to one of our friends, and uh, he said that Tom. Yes! I knew you were going to say it. Um, shout out to Tom. He has to listen to an episode, but please listen. Um... <laughs> So he says you can either go hard R or PG-13. The hard R route hard R. is that Kevin Hart also runs, and this is, this is kind of where my idea started from, Kevin Hart runs a shadow government. Richest man in the world. He wants to not just control Christmas, but control everything. And he orders a hit on um, Jason Statham's family. And so then using the powers of Santa... But why? That could be flushed out. <laughs> He's ex-CIA Black know, Ops Connor. for something. I mean, this is before he Santa Claus. Like, why would he kill his family? Because probably he was investigating corruption claims or taking uh, out okay, some shady okay, military okay, action. Okay. Maybe it's maybe it's not really explained, and he just pieced it together through the movie. Uh, then he goes to the North Excuse Pole me. to become Santa Claus. Like reindeer, pick him up, um, and then he has to use the magic powers of Santa to form an elf army to try to take out. Kevin Hart's shadow government. But there's a trick. There's there's a there's like a, another Santa Claus. Santa Claus is the embodiment of good. So anything that Jason Statham does cannot kill people. Right. I was like, you've militarized all of Santa's land. Like, how is that good? So they have to and have you ever watched the Santa Claus 2? Oh is is that Plas- one with the classic guy Nazi Santa Claus? From no Classic Nazi Santa Claus? 
Ooh. fascist uh, Tim Allen clones himself because he has to find oh, a wait. wife. Yeah, that's a weird one. Yeah, what? Tim Allen has to find a Mrs. God, Claus to, per- to put into servitude <laughs> to be oh. his. If he doesn't find a Mrs. Claus, he loses his Santa powers and there's no Christmas. Oh, God. So he clones a Santa Claus that's this like really gross plasticky Santa Claus that is Tim Allen and it turns into a fascist. Anyway, that's a whole other discussion. Wow. What? So, <laughs> How does this movie end? So basically, the elves have to build toys that can stun and knock out his military, Kevin Hart's military people, but can't kill them. And so there's like fun gadgets you can develop. There's like some fun hijinks, but he can't strangle Kevin Hart, who it turned out ordered the hit on his family. Just can't strangle him. Just can't can't do it. This is an R-rated Christmas movie, and you can't strangle him. Because the the powers of Santa Claus. Kevin Hart would probably play great against that too. Just laughing at him as he's like, his hands are just shaking in the air. I I can see it. And the more and the more he uses his Santa Claus magic, the more Santa Claus he turns into. Fat belly, big beard. I think seeing Jason Statham turn to Santa Claus would be absolutely hilarious. Um, and basically, the movie ends. They somehow take out Kevin Hart's shadow government. Um, I want to give. I want to give Kevin Hart's character. It sounds like Santa's running a shadow government too. They're <laughs> scripting his elves man. to forced labor and trying to kill people. There's pensions. They get their pensions. All right. Well, you mentioned pensions. I want a scene in this movie where they get their pensions. Yes. <laughs> um, and basically, the movie ends. Santa wasn't dead. Actually, he wasn't actually dead, but he went into hiding and he was slow, secretly helping Jason Statham the whole time because he wanted to give Jason Statham the real gift, the gift of a family, the family of the North Pole. Oh, my God. But his family remains dead, right? But they're still dead, right? <laughs> so he sacrifices his claims on the earthly realm to become Santa Claus and deliver Christmas cheer to everybody. Oof. Wow. You should like copyright this um, idea because I could just see this happening. When did you write this? Uh, Today at noon. (laughs) (laughs) Ish. Noon ish. Before lunch. Of course. (laughs) Tori was like, sounds about right. (laughs) And then the PG 13 route was it's just more goofy gadget hijinks. But I kind of like the hard. Tom liked the PG 13 route. But I like the hard R. Because if Jeff Bezos puts Santa out of business, the elves are going to starve to death because there's no income coming in. Okay. Yeah. I hope you guys like that. I loved it. It was real good. I yeah. want to watch it. But I feel like you painted such a picture. I want some answers to some questions. That I, um, I, I did watch the movie. I feel like I did watch it. I mainly just want to see Jason Statham turn into Santa Claus. And Sam, did you want it to be over? <laughs> No, he could have kept going. Great. I didn't hate this movie. Great. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, before we sign off, we have to give a shout out to two of our uh, super fans, Nick Pirelli and Brittany Brooks, who were answering our kind of caption question for on Instagram when we post um, our little like movies that we were doing. Here's a little screenshot. Guess what the movie was? They both answered each week. So we got to give them a shout out. Way to go, guys. I'm going to make them harder now. Did they answer correctly? They did answer correctly. like an elbow. Yep, exactly right. (laughs) And then Nick went into the uh, NES version, Nintendo Entertainment System version of Little Nemo, which was apparently a ridiculously hard game that made no sense. Wow. Sounds about our assessment of the movie. (laughs) I looked up a walkthrough, and they only follow the bare bones of the movie. You do fight in an upside-down castle. That was a great scene. Sounds cool. Yeah. So there were, but you throw candy at the enemies to put them to sleep. Then you jump in the enemies to become them. 
And then you gain the powers of like the frogs or the monkeys or whatever. That's deep. You Very cool. That. But yeah. there was no understand candy. the complexities of your enemy. But there was no yeah. candy throwing in the movie. That's true. <laughs> Where'd <it> come from? <laughs> um, it doesn't make so sense. So <laughs> shout out to some of our good friends, super listeners. Um, be sure to check out our Instagram page and you can get a shout out if you guess the movie right. If we keep doing that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> one day I imagine Sam's just going to zoom into the pixel. Just one <laughs> pixel. <laughs> just a beige pixel. <laughs> yes. Um, anybody got anything to plug before we sign off? Everyone looks at me. Um, <laughs> You're the only one who has something to plug. <laughs> um, well, I have my horror movie night that I do, Chill and Kill Horror. It's the first Sunday of every month at Century Bar. Um, and... You know, this will have aired like after this happens, but I'm doing Black Christmas in two days, which should be really fun. That's a really good, uh, the original 1974. Um, and I do not know what I am doing for January, um, and I'm still trying to figure it out. McGruber. Um, sure. If you can make a, I want a 20 page thesis stating why that counts as a horror movie, we can do McGruber. The um, horrors of poor SNL movies. Great. Oh, God. You have a couple words that there. That is a <laughs> Need a few more pages. Um, but yeah, I haven't decided. So if people have ideas, you can post that on, on places. I'm on the Facebook. Um, or you can post it on our Instagram stuff or Facebook stuff too. But yeah, I don't really know a good January theme. There are a couple January horror movies that are out there. Um, but Specific January? Uh, New Year's Evil is one. Ooh. Um, yeah, which I started watching the other night, but uh, did not finish. <laughs> not necessarily because it was bad, but because I was doing other stuff and got distracted. Um, but... Yeah. Um, now I'm also like, maybe I should just do cold for January. Because <laughs> that's just our thing. Yeah, cold. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Buckle on in for a cold month here at Butter with that. Yeah. Frozen butter. It's going to be super cold. What if I put a little, like, Santa hat on the butter? For do Christmas? it. Yeah, I think that'd be cute. <laughs> that'd be cute. Uh-huh. Hmm. We can get festive. We love festive. Mm-hmm. Meh. Well, uh, be sure to like, <laughs> comment, um, and subscribe to this podcast on wherever you listen to this podcast on. We have one re- we have one written review. We would love more written reviews. And let us know your honest feedback because yeah. um, we want to make the show better and make it you know for you. And if there's something that you hate, then... Better butter. <laughs> better butter. <laughs> is that what our corrections corner is going to be called? Oh, my God, please. <laughs> Actually, yes. <laughs> better butter. Better, better butter. butter. I had pumpkin spice butter recently. It Ew. Was really good. No, it was good. It was good. I, I would be into that because yeah. I like um, like cinnamon sugar mm-hmm. and butter. Ew. God, you're missing out. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. Have you never put cinnamon sugar and like butter on like a corn muffin or something? I'm just imagine you pouring cinnamon on a butter stick. Well, that's not the described meal. (laughs) All right. I think we should uh, sign off. Okay. Uh, Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy the cold months that are approaching and the the tiny days. The sun sets early this time. Little days. uh, Embrace your survival instincts. Avoid the mountain cougars, as we've learned. (laughs) Have a great night. Okay, bye. Bye. Bye.